So on the line, we have Lisa Reynolds. She's the CEO of the Green Building Council South Africa. Lisa, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Lisa, let's uh, look at the World Green Building Council. Uh, Obviously, 70 different members from around the globe. What do they do? do? What is it uh, around advocacy and uh, green buildings that they actually engage with? Well, throughout, thanks for that, Michelle. Throughout the world, what the Green Building Councils do is we're trying to do our bit to really have a more sustainable future within the built environment. We focus on the built environment. And we do it through training and education. We do it through certification. And obviously, as you said, we do a lot of advocacy. We try and look at influencing um, sort of the path that, that you know, different countries are leading. So with the Green Building Council South Africa, obviously we focus on South Africa. We do have influence in Africa as well. Um, and it's really about looking towards a low-carbon future for South Africa. So how do you do that? So if I am the um, owner of a building, A, if it's already built, um, there's a good chance that it may not, in fact, be green. But if I'm an architect, then I'm able to think about those things. How do you engage with those different spaces? Well, we have what we call a rating tool. So we've got a new build rating tool and we've got existing building rating tools. So obviously new build is easier because you can you can design um, and, and really put all the bells and whistles in. Or, and it's not that many bells and whistles, so let me not tell you that because we... You know, really, to build green is not m- much more expensive than, than building what we'd say whatever normal is. Um, if you've got an existing building, um, again, existing buildings, you, you know, prefer that you don't demolish buildings and rebuild. That's also not really green. So where you have existing buildings, um, it's a bit more of a journey. You know, you say, well, where's my building now? How green is it? Okay, what steps do I need to take to, to make it greener? Um, and, and we sort of almost take you along that journey of getting to a, a high-level building. And there's a lot of existing buildings that have reached a, a four-star rating. There's many in the country um, that have, have done that journey and, and got there. There's um, a, lot of, a lot of leaders that we have in South Africa. So what are the kinds of things you look at to create a low-carbon green building? Okay, we're talking about low carbon, but also must just emphasize that we obviously focus a lot on water as well, because, you know, we water scarce. So let me not just be focused on carbon. And we look at waste um, and we look at the health of the building, you know, the general well-being of the building. So, it, But it's really about looking at, so we first look at the energy efficiency of the building. We try and make the building envelope as efficient as, efficient as possible. The service is inside the building, try and make them as energy efficient as possible. And before you even start looking at any renewable energy sources, you first get the building to its sort of optimum, um, sort of minimum energy use. Then you say, okay, now I'm going to you know create or generate that energy from renewables so that my my carbon uh, my building doesn't have uh, a huge carbon footprint. So. You know, this is the thing I'm interested in, is that I, there's a building close to where I live. Now, I hear and understand that it is, in fact, a green building. It is, however, a very glass building. I mean, mm. a lot of it is made out of glass. Now, the thing that intrigues me is that I know what the impact of that glass is on the neighborhood because the glass yes. reflects and it shines back and it heats up the area close by. 
So when you create a green building, are you looking at it in relation to the built environment or is it just the internal process? No, no, it's, it's well, yeah. One of the things I always say, and if you drive through Sandton, you know that that having a number of green buildings, blocks of green buildings, doesn't make a green precinct. Exactly. We do look at green precincts as well. And we, we want to, and that's why I talk about the built environment. Yeah, we, we, when we started, we really focused on building that building. Because as you know, wherever you, whenever you start something, you must, you know, do it sort of, you know, the whole how to eat an elephant one part at a time. Whereas now we're really, really looking at a wider focus. We're looking at precincts. We're looking at impacts because you know, that's that's the ultimate goal. You're saying, yeah, how does my neighbour affect you, or how does this green building affect my neighbour? So it, it I mean, is a really, really good point, Michelle. Um, so it's it's things that we are looking at at more and more, and um, we just actually busy revising our our new build relating tool, and we're looking at the you know, these kinds of things we. We, we do look at socioeconomic impacts as well with our racing tool, but at the moment it's not, it's like an extra credit. And for the new build, we're putting it into the credit. So there's a lot more, you know, it, it's learnings. Even we're 15, we're teenagers, we're still learning. So, I mean, and, and, and I'm being, I'm, cha- I'm challenging it here. I mean, I'm, uh, everybody knows that I'm, I'm, I'm green crazy, but it does raise questions for me because in the way I feel like, you can say, well, this is a green building, um, and and then you like sort of get kudos and you pat yourself on the back. But ultimately, if a precinct is not green, there's huge, huge issues. I mean, it's dry, it gets hotter, it requires mm. more engagement. And in fact, the impact of what it may do may be even worse. So then it starts to feel like it's just greenwashing. Yeah. No, look, we're very, very aware of, of greenwashing. And look, we're confident, we're confident that the buildings do operate um, efficiently. They say some maybe not ideal, but yeah, you know, and, the, and it's, it is harder to influence the, the precincts, but we, we're getting there. And, and just um, so that you also aware, um, if there's five cities within in South Africa yeah. that have um, signed up to be C40 cities which are cities that have signed up for low-carbon futures. Yeah. And within those cities as well, we're doing a lot of work looking at sort of their climate change strategies, their action, their green building policies, their green building bylaws. And that's also where we, we're sort of looking at and saying, guys, we must do this at a city level. And we, you know, and cities are responding. As I said, there's five of our big cities are, are C40 cities. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's work that we're doing. Fantastic. When we say something is um, starts to become carbon neutral, and uh, mm. uh, what does that mean? Explain that for us. Yeah. So as I said, if you look at so we talk about net zero carbon. Um, so basically, it's it's um, when you've you've built your building as energy efficient as possible. Your services are inside you. And if you we do sort of promote uh, if you can natural ventilated buildings. If you have to have a HVAC very efficient, um, and then any energy that's needed for that building, now that it's at its maximum efficiency, you then uh, use renewable energy on that. And then you have what you call what we call net zero carbon, um, or as you're saying, uh, carbon neutral. And we find even um, some buildings can be um, what we call net, zero, uh, net positive buildings, 
where they actually have more, um, they generate more electricity from renewables and they can give uh, their neighbours some um, green energy. In closing, Lisa, obviously I'm thinking about Gauteng now, but um, we are a water-scarce country and we are seeing, um, whether it is water scarcity or mismanagement, we're suddenly seeing uh, Johannesburg with huge, huge water issues. And I'm wondering, is there anything that um, the corporate sector with regards to the kinds of buildings that they're creating can actually look at and support in the like? Yeah, many, many of the green buildings, as I said, is not just about carbon and energy. A huge piece of it is water. And many of these green buildings do have things like grey water harvesting, um, where they don't flush toilets with potable, clean water. They use the, you know, the grey water. So, um, and and again, you know, grey water generally, you know, it's easier to design it in. But there are sort of ways of retrofitting it, but there are, uh, we know, um, I, I live in Cape Town, we approach day zero. You know, the, the Eastern Cape, there's many places that are approaching day zero. Water is really, it, it's huge. And we're really encouraging buildings to, to look at the design of their buildings, the use of the buildings, um, you know, and, and how we use water um, to to save it. And, and, and you know, the big, biggest savings, obviously, it's, you know, it's not flush out toilets with clean potable water, let's use grey water, you know, let's, let's recycle water within a building. That's Lisa Reynolds, she's the CEO of the Green Building Council of South Africa and uh, watching as corporate buildings go green and uh, certainly look at using water which has been reused and that's what we mean when we say green uh, grey water as well.